Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we have Kurt Pierres on to talk about You've Been Canceled over at Mad Cave Studios, as well as a little bit about Indigo Children, It's Only Teenage Wasteland, and much more. But before we dive into this episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as capesandtights.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review all those things over at Apple, Spotify, and all your major podcasting platforms. This episode is with Kurt Pierre's talking, You've Been Cancelled, an upcoming book over at Mad Cave Studios. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Kurt. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm guessing a busy day, like like always for you, right? <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm busy, but it's always like awesome to just carve out some time to hang out and talk comics, you know, especially when uh, people like yourself, like I was saying to you before we got on here, you got all the comics and stuff behind you. It's like the least I can do is, is hop on here and, and talk a little shit with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny that, you know, how it is, is that in the world of comic books, you almost have to self-promote. We talked a little bit also before we started recording about the cool job that Bad Cave does sending some stuff out to me uh, so I can have a poster to hang on the wall. I have stickers. I have more Mad Cave stickers that I don't even know what to deal with uh, with all the Mad Cave titles and so on. But still, as a, as a comic creator, it's not like your job is done when you stop writing. You don't just like send it to the publishers and say, okay, done. You got to promote it and be out there on, on the circuit trying to get people to buy the comic book as well. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a huge part of my job, right? Between launching this book and uh, Indigo Children, it's like I've spent so much time in the last couple of months uh, just on marketing these books and doing it on top of the writing and everything else. Just, frankly, I'm just kind of exhausted right now. So <laughs> looking forward to... Uh, just I'm just finishing up the push for this book and then I'm looking forward to taking a bit of a break because it's like just very easy to, to get burnt out doing all this stuff. <laughs> it's funny though because I was like you know writing for the big two a lot of times it's just like the book sells itself in a sense like you know a Superman book's gonna sell itself because it's a Superman book. Title uh, our writers connected to it will help push the book in a sense. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, the Batman books did pretty well when James is writing Batman and, and when, you know, certain people, Scott Snyder's writing Batman, those books move a little bit better than maybe someone else. Um, but when you're creator owned or independent, it's, you become a writer, uh, a marketer, <laughs> a public promoter and all that stuff all in one. So it can be tiring, but uh, is you've been, so we've, you've been canceled. Is this book, are you done writing the book or are you still continuing to write it as, as you're going right now? I'm, yeah, I'm done writing it. We actually just got the last pages of, uh, of Arden from Kevin literally over the weekend. So the writing and art for the book's all done and just to the last issue just needs to be colored and, and lettered, but we're in really good shape and work on this book for, a, for quite nice. a while. So, uh, That's awesome. yeah, it's, Everything, all the writing's done on my end, but I'll I always tweak things before yeah. uh, we send them out just to kind of try and get it as close to perfect as possible. So there's still some work to be done, but largely I'm, I'm wrapped my part. That's awesome. And, and you, so right now, I mentioned a little bit. You have like three titles that are either on the market or about to be on the market currently at the moment uh, that are, are pretty popular. Uh, but do you think back when you first started writing comic books that you'd have three different comic books at three different publishers out at the same time? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, 
it's, it's definitely like a interesting moment because I work on the book so far in advance, right? So for yeah. me, I've just been working on these books so long and I'm just happy to finally get them out. But having the the three books out and then we have a lot of the the, uh, the trade paperbacks of the the books I've been doing at Comixology are starting to come out, right? So last week we had Lost Falls uh, come out. And so it's like now we have finally a lot of this stuff I've been working on for the last couple of years is, is coming out and... Uh, I think if anything, just the books all coming out made me realize uh, how much I kind of missed having the the books out in the comic shops because I was doing the comicsology stuff for a while and it's it's not quite the same. But uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of work, but it's, it's cool. You know, people seem to be digging the books, so I'm happy. Yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, as a comic writer that having physical copies is nice. The comicsology deal is amazing, too. I'm a digital person anyway. Like, I love, as you can see behind me, if you're watching this, too, I have a number of comic books. And what you can't see on the other side of this this recording uh, studio is uh, my long boxes and short boxes. And I love physical holding. But in the same sense, I would say a good portion of my comic book reading is via digital. So I either read a comicsology or I get advanced PDFs or things like that because I like to lay in bed when my wife's sleeping and have a backlit iPad where I can read from. So I'm a huge fan of Comixology originals, but I still am kind of the person. I mean, I had Mark Bernardin on here who wrote uh, a door in the distance on a Comixology original, but then it also was released in trade. So I have the trade as well. Cause I'm like, I need to physically hold it, but I'm a big fan of digital. However, you can't sell, you can't go to cons or go to sign someone's digital comic book. That's a little weird. So uh, it is nice to have these, physical comic books coming out on the market yeah i like both but i'm definitely prefer the uh physical it's just something magical about it right it's 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 hard to to uh to describe but it's there's nothing sexy about a pdf right and then when you (laughs) finally get the for me when with something like you've been canceled or indigo children when i worked on these books for years when I finally get the hold the single issue in my hand, it's like that finally feel like a real thing to me, right? It's something that exists in the world. Uh, and I don't think you really get that with digital. It's just like, it's very, uh, you know, cold kind of in a way. <laughs> yes. but it's also I'm, accessible, right? Yes, it is. But I mean, it, it's accessible. But I, I'm a big fan of like, for a while there, I don't know if Marvel's still doing it, but they're doing the whole like digital codes where you can get the code if you buy the new comic book. You pull the little tab off of it and you get the code. I did that when I was first getting back into comics back in the you know 2015, 2016, which was nice because I could own the physical copy, but I could also read the digital. And so I had an option where I was on that. But people, I mean, if something like Youth, for example, you could buy the trade right now from Dark Horse. So you still can get the physical, you know, even though it came out on Comixology. Uh, so you have the best of both worlds right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you obviously, uh, uh, you know, are have a f- number of comic books out. How did this all start? How do you a fan as a young kid? Did you grow into comic books? I mean, you're not that old either, so it's not like you've been doing this for millions of years. You've been doing it for a little while though. So, how like what was the what's your origin story? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I started. I think just reading when I was about ten or twelve. Uh, I went to the comic store with my my uncle, my my dad, my cousin, and got a bunch of books and that was sort of like Jim Lee was drawing Batman then uh Brian Bennis was doing some his Marvel stuff Daredevil and I was like kind of like blown away by it uh 
and was really into it when I was sort of, you know, it's probably like between 10 and 12. And then sort of as I got a bit older, I, I fell out of it. And then in high school, a friend lent me a uh, preacher and a bunch of, you know, Mark Miller stuff and mm -hmm. the stuff Bendis was doing at Marvel with Avengers. And uh, I got really into it and, and was sort of became obsessed with comics and wanted to uh, to become a comic writer and do all that stuff make my own books and then so I started just basically working from you know when I graduated high school to uh start self-publishing stuff and getting stuff out there and eventually started getting stuff you know published at places like Dark Horse Boom um and then really just sort of almost the last uh you know nine or ten years been working in some degree in the comic space it's funny to you know talk to people uh you know kyle stark started really doing a lot of his stuff later on in his life and so on and so forth for you to say you've been doing comic books for 10 years uh it's funny because you're not you said you're still fairly young so it's like you 10 years of doing comic books is like you're gonna by the time you retire from doing comic books you're gonna have 50 60 years under your belt uh i mean i started when <laughs> i was 20 i'm about 30 now so yeah, yeah. that's definitely like I definitely got started super young, but mm -hmm. I think it was just like had like a a fire under my ass to do yes. it, and and I uh, I went out and did it. So I think I don't know. I th it's definitely like, yeah, it's kind of weird when you're uh, start doing comics and you're so much younger than everyone. But like now, finally, it's a bit more normal for me. I was just kind of like that uh, kid for a while there. <laughs> <It was funny. laughs> But yeah, I mean, so so you we want to get into you, you've been canceled a little bit, but before I get into that, so you have you did a bunch of books at Dark Horse, uh, you now have gone to Image. What makes the decision? Do you just pitch these books around other? I mean, so like Indigo Children is that Image right now, correct? And mm -hmm. you have uh, uh, it's only Teenage Wastelands at Dark Horse. Uh, you've had other books, obviously you have Comicsology books, but like the Tomorrow's uh, Word, those books are over at Dark Horse. What makes the decision of which publisher you're going to go with? Well, it just like depends on the book and and what I want to do with it, right? Like Indigo Children, it was the same team. We just we did an image book a few years ago, Olympia, and mm -hmm. uh, we were looking to do something new, so it kind of made sense to share it with Image, right? Mm -hmm. We already had that relationship, and then the other books. Sometimes certain books just feel like more of a fit for certain publishers. Uh, so it really just depends. That's I mean, and then you have obviously I said you you uh you've been canceled coming out at Mad Cave, which is nice. It's, it's, it's your first book at Mad Cave, and uh, those people are amazing. Like I said, we talked a little bit off the top, but we talked before we started recording. Uh, the team at Mad Cave has been crazy. And this is not a, a, anything to put down. I love the team at Dark Horse. Uh, Caitlin over there doing their PR stuff, and, and Daniel uh, Strobon has been on the podcast talk about Dark Horse. Dark Horse is a great company. Uh, to deal with as well but mad cave has been like the elite to me right now they they, they are very uh communicative with people like myself uh they are very good at marketing your books and things like that so did you've been canceled was it like a pitch to them or did they contact you and want you to do a book and then this is where it came from no i don't we'd already done two issues of the book in black and white i've been working on it for a couple couple years or maybe a year or so once I showed it to them and I got introduced to them by a friend who was working with them and was speaking very highly of them. And uh, I met with them sort of generally and we talked a bit about doing something and uh, I sent them a few ideas and, and 
this was kind of the one that I was like, well, there's no way they're going to do this one because it's just like the craziest one, right? Yeah. But they went for this one and, and have been really supportive of it and, and great uh, to work with. So been, like, like you said, I can only really express positive things about them. I've been very impressed so far. It's it's like I said, just the, the way they. I mean, Mark London has been on the podcast too to talk about Mad Cave stuff, uh, but just the way they communicate uh, back and forth. They have Melissa over at Don't Hide helping them doing their PR uh, and stuff like that. So just a great team, and it just seems like they know they're doing the right things. And and how long that can last and, and still be the same way, we'll see. But I'm hoping it stays a long time because I really like dealing with Mad Cave. In, in that sense but so you've been canceled it's kind of a crazy out there kind of idea uh it, it's you know you know i'll read the solicitation right here in the near future cancel culture means more than just losing your job it could mean your life the world's premier entertainment event is canceled a live streamed program where elite bounty hunters called cancelers kill individuals who have, whose society have voted to cancel following heinous actions or offenses our story follows roland Endo, Endo, uh, the world's number one ranked canceler. Because of his status, Rowan lives in a constant state of paranoia with targets on his back. And that comes out uh, June 7th, I believe, on, on Mad Cave Studios. And then the second issue will come out in July. It's a four-issue mini miniseries. Is that correct? Yeah, four, four issues. issues. And that's with Kevin uh, Castanero. Do you know how to say his last Castanero. name? Yeah, it's uh, Kevin Castanero, the artist. Yeah, the colorist decent wordy, and then it's lettered by Micah Myers. All star letterer right there. <laughs> I feel like Micah's name is on everything nowadays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a uh, it's kind of out there, but also not. It's kind of relevant too, in the same sense that any you know, if this were to come out. 15 years ago, it might not have been as as you know relevant as it is nowadays. Uh, to the point where the cancel quote unquote cancel culture is prevalent and the idea that someone you could just vote or, or have someone canceled and killed uh from these bounty hunters how did you come up with this idea <laughs> i don't know i i sort of just uh it's just the way my head works but i i just had that idea for the book one day and i i uh got really obsessed with it because i think it's it's a really cool high concept and is lends itself to sort of which once you read the read the book, people see it's a mix of sort of this visceral brutal action, but also these really funny moments. And that's the kind of stuff I love. And uh sort of Kevin was a perfect artist to to bring on for it. I'm always trying to make books that like personally I would be excited to read. And so like having a great artist like Kevin draw in your book, especially when it's colored by someone like Jason, who's also yeah. a a huge talent in his own right. It's just it makes the concept sing and just, I think really great comics. I've been a fan. I'm I've obviously, if most people could see me, I've been reading Indigo children and it's always teenage, it's only teenage wasteland uh, as well as other stuff from you. So you've always been able to partner with really great artists. Is this someone, something that you pick uh, the artist or is this something that the, you know, mad cave came to you and said, uh, you know, we have a, a, a artist for you. No, I, uh, I've, I find the artist pretty much okay. all my I'm like very picky about it because I, like you said yeah. if you don't have a good artist on your on your comic then who cares really it's like go <laughs> yes. write a novel right so it's like <laughs> yeah I'm pretty competitive I feel like I have to my I, I know I have great ideas but I'm like I have to have the best artist drawing them so I'm always trying to 
work with super talented people like uh, like Kevin. Yeah. And it's there's some moments in it which is fun and, and gritty and out there, and then there's moments you turn the page and and there's eyeballs flying at you, uh, which is pretty crazy. Some epic kills uh, in the first issue, at least that people could get excited about. Um, it's funny. Did you ever see the episode of a uh, Orville where they had this like I like likes and dislikes for people when they committed a crime? It was a similar idea where there was like this episode. It was I don't know season four or whatever it was, season three. And someone did something wrong and they could do that, say, not kill them, but it like puts them in jail, whether or not someone liked it or disliked the fact that they did something wrong. Uh, and it reminded me a lot of like that, but like to the next level, to the point where someone actually dies and gets killed. But it's not as simple as what some people may have created this idea from, which is people can just kill people uh, if you don't like them. This is like this actual bounty hunter. There's actually a team of people. And then it's filmed for a TV show. Uh, is even funnier uh, in that sense too. So there's just like so many elements that are going into it that makes it so interesting. It also, because of the fact that it's a streamed, uh, uh, canceled show, could this become something more? You think is this something that you could, people could see being a television show based around one, uh, uh, you know, canceled person each episode? Oh yeah, I mean I think it would make a great TV show or or movie. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> Obviously, I, you might be talking about things too. I, obviously, we don't know about that behind the scenes. But I personally think when I went to Reddit, I was like, this is a great comic book standalone. It's going to be a great four-issue series. If that's all it ever becomes, awesome. Because that's what you're in it for in the first place, I'm guessing, is creating good content that people want to read. Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's sometimes a misconception because like, I have a very good track record with my stuff getting option that people just think oh it's just you know phoning it in or whatever but it's like no it's like i'm trying to make the best comics the reason why stuff gets optioned so much is because i'm better than 98 percent of the people making comics we're making like the best comics and when you do that and you go to a studio or whatever and you're like hey look at all the stuff i made and it's better than all the other uh stuff that everyone's sending them they take notice of that right so mm -hmm. like this idea that i'm just like uh shitting out ideas or whatever yes. to, and it's not too many people who say that but some of them it's like sometimes i review the book and be like this is just a movie pitch i'm like well we worked on this for like three years before we even you know it came out and we showed anybody so it's not just a movie pitch it's like you can tell when people do that it's and it's you know they're not if I was doing this movie pitch, I wouldn't be writing like 20 panel pages or doing, <laughs> or, you know, right, doing all the stuff I do in Indigo Children with the page layouts and stuff. It's like, I would just be shitting out, uh, yeah. you know, book after book. So it's, uh, anyways, that's a bit of a tangent, but I just like, I love comics. That's my first love. And like, as one, obviously I want as many people as possible to read our stuff. So a good way to do that is if you, can try and get the stuff made into other things. But like the, my first love and my priority is making awesome comics. And, and people do see that sometimes an easy, not easy, I say easy, a way to get in their film or project made into a movie or TV show, because so many things are being made from the world of comic nowadays in TV shows. But let's be honest, you really can tell uh, when someone's really just trying to farm something out to get to the point where it can be made into something more and they can forget about the comic book. You obviously have done comic books for 10 years now and you've created comic books. You, you've created some great comic books that, that, that people like to read period. If it gets made into TV shows or movies, we're all excited to see your comic put on the big screen. 
well, let's be honest, real comic, fan, comic book fans are here to read read comic books and look at comic books in the first place. So I, you're doing a good job with that. So let's let's keep that going, okay? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And also, I think like the thing too with his mostly his movies and TV shows, it's great that they bring people. Uh, awareness of the material, but mm-hmm. like ninety nine percent of the time, the comics are better than them, right? It's like, uh, the the movies are, or the adaptations always seem to be missing something, right? And it's like they're never as good as the the comics because I think just the medium of comics, uh, there's something so unique about it that, that's sort of impossible to replicate in in TV and film. Right, I think there's something yeah. like Alamore talked about a, a lot, uh, and he's a bit more grumpy than me, just a little bit, and and a bit crazier than me, I think. But uh, he's really true when he says like, yeah, you can't um, replicate the experience of a comic on the screen. No, you can't. It's cool to see. It, it, you know, it's one of those things that's like really cool to see. It almost brings to the pop to people outside of comics uh you know the the idea that comics are a real thing and they're worth reading to see that on like someone sees it on tv who don't know comic books it's kind of cool and like you said brings people into it uh but in the same sense a lot of us are just happy enough to have our comic books made because we've we've seen recently adaptations that have not worked out very well i mean same thing with like when people talk about video games video games versus movies has there very very many video games that have been made into movies that are actually good uh very few <laughs> that. i mean like i'd rather read creature than watch yes. the watered down diluted version of it right like i think there's some cases where like with the sin city movie where they just perfectly brought frank miller's uh world to life and then there's other stuff where it's just like this is just like a way shittier version yes. of an yes. ordinary great thing uh so and i'll put that back on myself because i don't want to seem like i'm t- i'm uh insulting anyone but i approach my stuff the same way i'm just like a lot of the times people come to you with ideas or takes these big hack screenwriters who get paid all this money and they just pitch me the most dog shit version of an already great idea pat and i'm like well why the fuck should you get paid a bunch of money to make the shittiest possible <laughs> version of my thing when like it already exists well like let's get someone who actually has a few brain cells to work on this right <laughs> so well, is that, you're, you're writing you're, you're in the writer's room right together. you're in the yeah, writer's room for on, youth right is that what you're doing you're also working on yeah, you, the youth adaptation working, yeah, working on a couple shows right now okay. but yeah it's happened to me on other stuff where it's like basically because i've been doing this since i was younger like we talked about over the years i've probably sold like 10 projects to hollywood based on my stuff right like a lot uh basically other than like mark miller sold more than just anybody uh and yeah some of them they just die because the studios and stuff bring on the, the biggest fucking idiots yeah they just shit out a draft to collect a paycheck. And it's just like, now I've gotten to a point where I tell everyone I'm work with, I'm like, won't work with people who I don't, you know, believe in. It's like, I don't care how much clout or, you know, what movie you wrote. If you don't have a good take on our property, then you're not working on it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, is that something that you do, you know, talking about selling an option in your stuff? Is that one of those things that you'd like to be part of the actual adaptation if it's being optioned? 
it depends like on a lot of the things i have been a, okay. a part of like like we're talking about youth there's yeah. another one right now that i'm 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 writing on but the the thing is is we have so many ideas and stuff it's impossible for me to write every single one so i'm just mm-hmm. trying to work with uh talented hardworking people really is all it is it's approaches like a viewer is this going to result in a show that i would watch and uh if the answer is no then it's probably not the right person for the job right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you're only one person if we as as comic book fans want to continue reading uh your, your comic books you can't always be in a writer's room either you need to be behind the desk uh, writing a book for us as well you know we're, we're selfish and we want that <laughs> <laughs> but but so you've been canceled is a little bit different also than your other stuff that you've been. I would say a lot bit different than all the other stuff that you've been doing or most of the stuff that you've been doing. Uh, more recent books have dealt with almost like coming of age or children or teenagers, whereas this is more this is an adult and this is based in the future uh, uh, and very violent. Uh, what do you see? Do you compare this to anything else you've done before? Well, I think it's pretty unique, but. Uh... I think like what kind of happened is that I had these ideas for a lot of these books and for whatever reason, a lot of them, the teen ones just ended up coming out alongside each other, but like, that's not really what I'm focused on mm-hmm. or exclusively doing. Uh, so I think it's nice for this one to, that it is a bit different and it kind of shows a different side of the writing because I have so many different ideas and, sort of stuff I'm working on. It's, it's nice to, uh, to just put something a little different out there. And, and so this book comes out June 7th, like I mentioned over at Mad Cave Studios, uh, we're recording it on FOC day. So people will be mailed to miss that, but, but it doesn't mean you can't go to your LCS and grab it. So make sure you grab a copy of it on that day. Um, what, as you rest and you're writing more comics and doing things, what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, it's really like varies. Because uh, some da- some days it's uh, I wear a lot of different hats. Like some days it's like I have to finish a script for an artist, and so that's priority number one. But a lot of other times it's like I have a bunch of meetings I have to take, and then we've got to got to oversee the colors and the letters and and doing more of the editorial stuff and just a- approving things. And so it's yeah, it's a many headed beast but uh a lot of it just starts with you know just getting up early enough and just getting into it and and trying to knock out as uh, you know as many pages as i can in the the day and then doing the other putting out the other fires as as they come up do you try to keep like a monday through friday are you working every day uh well i try not to work on the weekends because it if you don't take time off and mm-hmm. contributes to like a burnout, but like I do always end up doing some work pretty much each day, right? It's just kind of like a, a, a less intense work schedule on the weekend, but you know, it kind of always ends up coming up in some form. And it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to want to do this for a number of years too, it makes more sense to have some sort of uh, boundaries and things like that too. But, but you have to have at least loose boundaries. I mean, I'm a creative director during the day uh, for a brewery and, and I know that there's weekend stuff that there's crunch time that I need to get stuff done, but I still set boundaries on it. So the, it, it burnout is a thing. It's definitely a thing. And so hopefully you keep time uh, to make sure you, uh, you know, relax and either watch some TV or get outside and do something. But um the the comic book 
that stands out the most for you right now? What, what out of the three books that are so like obviously this one's coming out on June seventh, and you have it's only a teenage wasteland. Is that one wrapped up? I forget. Are we done with that? How many issues is yeah, it's only it's, teenage? Uh, so like it's sort of a different model. That one. Okay. The first miniseries is done, and the the trade paperbacks out in a couple of months, and then we're sort of ironing out details to come back to it. Okay. So we will have news on that soon. Okay, cool. And then Indigo Children is on. It's issue two is either out just out or is coming out i forget on that one i was supposed to do my research on this but i didn't indigo children um and then you got this one coming out what else i mean you have your your, your comicsology uh your stuff going on at comicsology is there another book going to be coming out on comicsology or is it going to be youth volume two what's going on over comicsology um well there's a l- bunch of new comicsology books <laughs> to come out okay so, yeah yeah, April twenty sixth is when oh, Indigo Children number two uh, dropped. I forgot about that. I have that one behind me. Um, so to, to, we can we can we can finish this up here a little bit too. So you had uh, obviously the the honors of being a thirty under thirty uh, person, and it's one of those things that's like it's always going to be attached to you, right? I mean, forever it's going to be someone's going to be talking about the fact that you were a thirty under thirty. It's like someone makes a New York Times bestseller; they do it once, and for the rest of their life, they're always a New York Times bestseller. Uh, no matter if they made a bunch of crappy books after that, they're still <laughs> that. What was that honor like? I mean, I, you know, obviously it's been a couple of years ago now, or a little while ago now. But what was that honor like to be able to name thirty under thirty for Forbes? It was cool. I mean, I, I, it's a, it's hard to explain because I don't want to seem uh, crass or like unappreciative, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't really. I care about stuff like that because it will get more people reading the books mm-hmm. and get me advance my goals in comics and and publishing and in getting tv shows and stuff made but as an individual i don't really care about it that's <laughs> i can understand that say, but <laughs> you still just wake up and you get out of bed and you exactly the same so just like that's what that that's my honest answer so like i don't it's not Change it's really anything. <laughs> Honestly, very pretty much. It don't matter what happens to me. I feel exactly the same, right? Yeah. It doesn't even matter. So it's just <laughs> whatever. You know, Indigo Children's like most successful book I've ever done. Still feel exactly the same the way I did before it came <laughs> out. Like, you expect to feel better that you're going to get some sort of magical happiness from the new things. It's just like no, I'm just like okay, let's get to work on the next thing. It's just. I don't know. It's maybe it's just me, but it's just, I don't. I just I can see that. Think, I can see that. It it, like, it it Indigo Children success of Indigo Children could also be just as beneficial to you in your career as a writer than a thirty under thirty award or a Eisner nomination or a Ringo uh, nomination. Yeah, like like it all could be the same. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm just saying it's all super nice and I'm super appreciative of it, but I'm just like, uh, I don't really think about it. You're just like, I don't, I'm very like unsentimental about the, about my career. I think writers are like almost less useful to society than like garbage men and stuff like that, which is not a very popular opinion for me for me to express but i think people need to understand where i come from background of of uh more blue collar people and and or people who like you know work really hard to do stuff so i don't 
I've had like all the pretentious stuff wrung out of me a long time ago. So I'm just grateful for what I do. And I'm super appreciative of everyone who reads my stuff. And obviously like I'm proud and happy to accomplish such cool things, but uh, it doesn't like, I don't, yeah, I don't get super high on it and stuff like that. You know? Well, that's good though. It's a good thing to have. It's good to good to be that way as well. So, I mean, you you've worked hard. We've seen that as fans of your writing and your books, you've worked hard to get where you're at. You weren't given anything, and that's a nice little thing there to have, uh, you know, in your pocket more than an award or some sort of thing like that. You work hard to bring things out there, and you've been canceled. Is coming June seventh over at Mad Cave Studios. You can get that at your LCS. What do you want people? Do you want people to buy it just to buy it? What do you want people to get out of this book? Well, I think they'll just have fun with it. I just think it's a it's a good comic. I think yeah, I think people read it and and uh, you know be, maybe reread it. I don't know. I, I try and make everything as good as possible. So we read it a couple times. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to entertain people. It's it's really all I can hope for, and just that they you know be stoked on the book. So I just hope people will check it out. It's a, it's a wonderful book. Like I said, I've read, read issue one so far. There's Paige Turner. It, it gets you in, involved in it. It gets you excited to see what happens throughout the book. The artwork's amazing from Kevin. And the colors, uh, who did you say the colorist was again? Uh, Jason Wordy. Yes, Wordy. That's who it was. Uh, is a wonderful job on that, too. And also, Indigo Children is on the market right now. It's only Teenage Wasteland. Uh, you can grab stuff on Comixology with youth. And there's also other books like Olympia and Word out there, The Tomorrows. So that was available still on like you can buy back issues of tomorrow's on uh, Midtown Comics. I was like, oh look at that's kind of cool. <laughs> still available out there. You can grab those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so grab all that stuff uh, from Kurt here and be on the lookout for stuff that's gonna probably be on TV at some point, hopefully, uh, with things like youth and other stuff as well. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, your busy day, to come here and chat with us over here at the podcast. Uh, and check out Kurt on social media as well and, and follow him on Twitter and stuff like that. But I really appreciate it, Kurt. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get a lot of work done. And we'll talk again soon. Sound good? Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.